Both the Seahawks and the Cardinals badly need a win at 2-3 and three in the NFC West. Who has the edge? Alex Clancy of Locked On Cardinals and myself are going to be diving into this Week 6 matchup at Lumen Field on our latest Crossover Thursday. You are Locked On Seahawks. Your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, 12s and Cardinals fans. It's time for another Locked On Podcast Network crossover special. We've got an NFC West battle on tap at Lumen Field. The Seahawks, their home NFC West opener against the Arizona Cardinals. Both teams coming in at 2-3. and three. I'm Corbin Smith for Locked On Seahawks. Joining me for the crossover today, Alex Clancy of Locked On Cardinals. Alex, it's good to see you two times a year. It really feels like both these teams are maybe trending in a little different direction, even though they have the same record. Two of the weirder stories through five weeks in very different ways. Yeah. How we got to two and three in the Pacific Northwest and in the desert are not the same story. But yeah, I mean, it's it's fun. The storylines are, are endless. And it's just some highs, some lows, some yucks, some cool, some everything in the middle. But yeah, it's been... It's it, it's been a fun five weeks. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I mean, I can say this: Seahawks fans are having a lot more fun watching their football team for mm. the most part than I That's think people anticipated. I don't know if I can say the same for Cardinals fans. I actually have some relatives from the Phoenix area that are Cardinals fans, and they've been expressing their disappointment in the way this team has started the season. And you have your quarterback on a new contract, but all the drama this off season. What to you are the biggest storylines coming into this game for this two and three Cardinals team that has not achieved as much as people thought they were going to this year? I'm going to take you back, Corbin, you personally, when you were growing up, okay, 16, 17 years old, and we had the analog clocks like right next to our bed before these trendy cell phones, these fancy cell phones came out. Yeah. There was one button that was bigger than the rest of them, and it was the snooze button, Okay. The Arizona Cardinals, through five weeks, have hit the snooze button myriad times. When they were supposed to wake up when the game started, they wouldn't wake up till the second quarter or the start of the second half. That's the main storyline. I joke the Cardinals have scored zero points in the first quarter through five weeks. They look listless. They look unexcited about playing football. And after that, they've outscored opposing teams by a lot. And, you know, it's, that's, it's really just – that's it. They just need to shift – wake up on time, eat breakfast, and get to school on time when they're supposed to and not after missing first period. That's the biggest storyline. It's a general one, and I think going into Sunday against a team that they probably should beat, I think, who the hell knows, but it's like this is a game that's winnable for them. And if they don't show up, it's a Lumen Field on time, this could be another L for them. Yeah, it's really the same storyline in Seattle as far as it being the same problem week in, week out. I just, I still can't believe I'm saying this, though. Can the defense catch up with the offense? You know, <laughs> going into the season, everybody was talking about Geno Smith versus Drew Locke, the worst quarterback competition we've ever seen. And I was saying way back in April that Geno Smith was going to be the starter for the football team. Now, I did not think he was going to play anywhere close to the level he's played in these first five games. 
But I thought he could be a quality starter in this offense with the weapons that they have around him. He has exceeded all those expectations, leads the league in completion percentage, leads the league in completion percentage above expectation, leads the league in passer rating. He's He basically is in the top three in almost every notable category, whether it's traditional stats or we're looking at advanced stats. Geno Smith has just been magnificent, and certainly they've had a few close games that you would have liked him to be able to pull it out in the end, but I'm not blaming him for that. It's all on the defensive side of the football, which is crazy with Pete Carroll as a head coach. you got a new defensive coordinator. You brought in Sean Desai, who had a good reputation coming from Chicago, and yet this defense, they haven't been able to stop anyone unless Tariq Woolen makes an interception, which has been happening every single game. They can't get off the field to save their lives. They're the worst tackling team that I've ever seen coached by Pete Carroll. Their run defense has been atrocious. They're giving up explosives left and right. They just can't get out of their way on defense. And when they've gotten three and outs, it seems like they give up a fake punt pass or they have a penalty or something stupid happens. And that's been the situation for them for really the entirety of this season. They have not been able to get off the field. They're ranked 31st in defense in terms of points allowed. So things just keep getting worse and worse for the Seahawks on that side of the ball. You gave up 235 rushing yards last week to Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara. It just week after week, they keep finding ways to set records that um, aren't exactly what you want to be setting records for. They keep finding ways to be in the record books for the wrong reasons. Like they're one of only nine teams in NFL history to give up over 145 rushing yards and at least two rushing touchdowns in three straight games. Like that is not the company that you want to keep. And yet that's been the defense here. This team should probably be four and one, but their defense has not been able to get off the field against offenses that are missing injured players. Like it is, it's been a nightmare on that side of the football. They can't figure that out. Kyler Murray and company, this is the game for you to wake up offensively and get off to a fast start. Cause yeah. Seattle can't stop a peewee team right now. Yeah, absolutely. And excuse the camera going off there for a second. It's uh, it's what we do here. So um, all I needed to see was week one against Denver to see what Seattle was. That's all you needed to see was week one against Denver, where it's like, oh, okay, they've got that inside them. Then, you know, everything is about, I mean, uh, the, the, the ceiling was just shattered after week one. With the Cardinals, they're very fickle. You know, it's, can they can they have sustained drives? You throw out week one against you throw out week one against um, against Kansas City, and then week two the miraculous comeback, and then you know it's been up and down ever since. And it's like, well, will the real Arizona Cardinals please stand up? And that's kind of what we're looking at here. And I don't know what's going to happen on Sunday, Corbin. I'm terrified for our third segment. We have to make predictions. I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm punting. Like it's 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 going to be very interesting to see if Geno Smith can continue to roll, and it'll be very interesting to see if this would be a get-right game for the offense of the Arizona Cardinals, just to show that they can maybe put up a thirty-burger in a game, which is what they were constructed to do this entire offseason. That's what is so fascinating. Is like going into the season, everybody was talking about Seattle being a potentially top 10, top 15 defense. Mm -hmm. And obviously that was with Jamal Adams being healthy. And I think Jamal Adams was going to have a huge season with the scheme that they put in. It was perfect for him. For him to go down with a season-ending injury in the season opener, that's been a big blow Brutal. to this defense. 
And so they have not come close to meeting expectations, even with the fact that they've got a couple of rookies. Tariq Wolin could be an all-pro right now, and I don't think anybody would bat an eye. He's been that good for them. But they have so many holes on that side of the ball. Veterans that are not playing up to expectations. Quandre Diggs has not had a great year by his standards. Puna Ford just has disappeared. And Jordan Brooks, I think he's been compromised some by the fact that Cody Barton has struggled next to him. I mean, this defense just has not played near as well as expected, and yet the offense has kept them in almost every game. The 49ers game being the only exception, and really the coaching staff hurt them more than anything with some weird decisions on offense in that game. They moved the ball at times, but weren't able to put points to the board. They had their running back throw an interception in the red zone on a 1920s play. So it's just <laughs> been that kind of a season, and yet there feels like there's more optimism in Seattle, even after losing that game in New Orleans. Like, look, they're 2-3. and three. They're still only a game out in the division. Geno Smith is throwing dimes all over the field. They're running the ball well. They got a young offensive line that might be the best they've had in a decade. I mean, you can make an argument this offensive line is as good as they've had under Pete Carroll, and they're young and getting better each week. So there's a lot to be excited about on that side of the ball. And then the Cardinals, you think their offense, even without DeAndre Hopkins, that's where their bread and butter would be. And yet they have not been able to come out of the gate and really get any traction in any of their games offensively. And they've had to have really crazy comebacks to get their two wins. So it really does feel like these two teams, they are polar opposites of what we expected. And now maybe there will be some going back to reality a little bit in this game coming up, but it's anyone's guess who is going to win this game. We'll get to predictions coming up here in a bit, but first we got some key matchups that we're going to break down. We'll get to that here in a moment. Our friends over at Simply Space, when it comes to burglars, your home is like the end zone and you need the absolute strongest defense you can muster. This is why I use and trust Simply Safe Home Security. At Simply Safe, your security is the only thing that matters. They've got cutting edge technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back and they always know your home is safe. Simply Safe keeps my home safe with the best technology available, including the ability to control my system from my phone, watch my security cameras in crystal clear, crystal clear HD, and use a variety of high-tech sensors for the best quality protection. And the best part, with 24/7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or can't be reached. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL. You can save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. You're listening to our latest crossover Thursday edition of the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On Seahawks, Locked On Cardinals. I'm Corbin Smith for Locked On Seahawks. Joining me for the show, Alex Clancy of Locked On Cardinals. We just talked about the crazy storylines of these two teams, how they really aren't playing anywhere like we expected, just polar opposites. The Seahawks are an offensive juggernaut without Russell Wilson. Whoever would have thought that? The Cardinals are struggling to score points, and they have all these weapons. They got Kyler Murray, and yet they have really been inconsistent on that side of the ball. Let's get to some matchups now going into this game, Alex. And and like you said, it's just it's weird looking at both these teams because they just haven't had the identities that we anticipated. And so maybe that makes the matchups a little different than what we've seen between these teams in recent years. Yeah, and it's it's funny, Corbin. Like I, I talk about this a lot on the podcast that every team in the NFC West has a very different relationship with each other. And I know it goes the same, you know, with with all divisions and things like that, but Seattle and Arizona has never made any sense. 
<laughs> you know, like the wins and losses are so out of like it started with the end of Stephen Hauschka's career on Thursday Night Football with 48 missed field goals in overtime. Like Stephen Hauschka was my favorite kicker in the NFL. Favorite, absolute favorite. And it seemed like that was started to become like he's no longer going to be with Seattle and things change. But like the way the Cardinals would go up and beat Seattle at CenturyLink when Seattle was world beaters. And then like take last year, Seattle had nothing to play for and the Cardinals had everything to play for. And Seattle ends up beating the Cardinals. Like it's and everything in between. I am fascinated from like a social psychology stance to see what happens on Sunday. Like it's going to be at Lumen Field. The Cardinals are comfortable there. Like I know that not as many players who were there in 2018 are here now. Marcus Golden has been around. Like people, there's history with these players for both sides and playing in the Pacific Northwest. So yeah, man, like this is a special relationship between two teams who haven't had exactly the start as you mentioned that everybody thought that they could have my match. Like the things that I'm looking at is number one, can somebody stop Hollywood Brown? Cause I don't know. I, I didn't see this, this fast with the Andre Hopkins from 2018 when they were playing in college together. Like this has been an incredible move by Steve. Kime. I wish they would have used the first round pick on something else of, of need. But that's number one. And then number two, can they get to Geno Smith? Those are the two. Can the pass rush get to Geno Smith, get in his kitchen and disrupt him and make him not look like one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL? Well, nobody's been able to figure out how to consistently do that yet to this yeah. point. So good luck to the Cardinals. But <laughs> I, I'm glad that you mentioned Hollywood Brown because to me, the Cardinals, this is still with Cliff Kingsbury as the head coach. This is still a offense that is built around the passing game. And Kyler Murray has just been force-feeding Marquise Brown, and he's making it work for the most part. Now, there's been some errant throws mixed in there, but the numbers are certainly there. And he is a former top pick that's got elite speed downfield. The Seahawks have had some issues at times giving up explosive plays down the field this year in the passing game. It has not been their biggest problem on defense. But I am excited to see Tariq Woolen, Tariq the Freak, go up against Hollywood Brown because – there aren't a lot of corners that can run with him, let alone six foot four corners that can run with him. But Woolen ran a 4-2-6-40 at the combine at six foot four, and he plays that fast. That's what's crazy. Is like sometimes you see guys that run in the four twos, and you watch them on a field, you're like, I don't see that speed. Tariq Woolen, the interception he had last week on a curl route, there are like three corners in the world that could make that interception that have the speed to be able to change direction and then go jump that route. He is one of them. And so getting to see him go against Brown, A.J. Green as the veteran, you know, the bigger body guy, I, I'm excited about that. Whoever starts the other corner position, Mike Jackson has started every game for Seattle so far, and he's been okay. He's been decent. He hasn't been a hindrance to this football team by any means. Hasn't been great either. Sidney Jones and Artie Burns are now healthy, so maybe those two get some reps in this game as well. But that is really where the Seahawks are going to have to win in this game. They're going to have to be able to prevent those receivers from getting over the top so that Kyler Murray can launch the ball downfield. You've got Quandre Diggs, your center fielder, but that is certainly something that concerns me a little bit. I think they'll be able to get some pass rush, but can the secondary hold up? Can the young corners go against these receivers, even without DeAndre Hopkins, and get the job done? Now, you look at the other side of the ball – I'm going to totally change the script here because when Russell Wilson was the quarterback, I never would have been like, let's get the tight ends heavily involved. But 
That's really what Geno Smith is doing that is setting him apart from Russell Wilson. Almost all of his touchdowns this year have gone to tight ends. All three of them, Will Disley, Noah Fant, and Coley Parkinson, have been getting big catches every single week. The Cardinals, statistically, are the worst defense in the NFL defending tight ends in pretty much every metric. Receptions, receiving yards, they're near the top, and touchdowns given up. The Seahawks are right there with them. They're just as bad because TJ Hawkinson had like 800 receiving yards <laughs> yeah. against them. But they have a trifecta of tight ends that can really do damage in a myriad of ways. They all have different skill sets, but they can all do damage as receivers. Even Noah Fant's shown he can block a little bit, which has surprised me. But those three tight ends going up against the Cardinals, they've got some good players on defense. But like, I want to see, can can you handle this group? You haven't been able to defend tight ends to this point. Yeah. Seattle's got three really good ones. And oh, by the way, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are on the outside, and you've had your issues stopping them in the past. Smith's getting better chemistry with both those guys by week. You add the tight ends to go with it. I really feel like the tight ends could decide this game. If Seattle's able to get the football to them and take advantage of that, the Cardinals could be in trouble because of the other weapons Seattle has at Geno Smith's disposal. Yeah, and I will, and, I, and I'd be remiss to not mention a name that probably should have been mentioned a lot more up until this point, being a second-round pick before the 2021 season. This could be Rondell Moore's coming out party. And and let me let me explain why. Okay, so we saw flashes last year. There was a broken play against Minnesota where Patrick Peterson was pointing at somebody else like he does, great leader that he is, and Rondell Moore <laughs> took that to the house, okay? Rondell Moore, like, and Corbin, you know this. In the preseason, when you see rookies catch and run a ball, you're like, that's an NFL player. Like, you can tell the speed is different from the twos or the threes or practice squad players to play. Immediately, in space, Rondell Moore is an absolute powerhouse stud. Now, Cliff Kingsbury... And I know that I have a moratorium on anything negative to say about Cliff Kingsbury until November 7th, but I'm going to take a little uh, uh, reprieve here. He doesn't know how to use him. He doesn't know how to use him. It's like driving a Ferrari in first gear on the freeway. He just doesn't know how to use him aside from wide receiver screens and these end arounds and things that never work. We saw him run two or three routes on Sunday against Philly. He caught the ball in space and it was magic. It was magic. And I think that they finally figured out, hey, the uh, in front of the line of scrimmage isn't lava. You can have him run routes outside of just bubble screens. And I feel like they're going to start to utilize it more. And if that's the case, he's one of the fastest players in the NFL. He's got good hands. He can run the routes when healthy. So yeah, watch out for Rondo Moore as a, as an honorable mention for storylines in and of himself, matchup wise. It's maybe you could say it's between him and Cliff Kingsbury. That's the matchup. Uh, Cause see if Cliff Kingsbury can utilize him properly on Sunday. You could make some arguments with how the Seahawks are using some of their players on defense that maybe Pete Carroll and Clint Hurd are going against them too with just some of the craziness that's out there. So there are a lot of parallels just at, at different positions. And I actually saw Rondell Moore at Purdue in person. I had a running back that was getting recruited by Purdue and I got to go in the weight room and watch this guy squat and He's like five foot five, so it's not like he has to squat too far down, but he had like 9,000 pounds on the bar. And I watched him run, and I knew then that guy's an NFL player. So I feel like the Cardinals, it's been a little bit disappointing. They haven't figured out more how to use him. But again, if there's a, an opponent that they're going to get him involved and he's going to have a breakout game, that Seahawks defense hasn't been stopping anybody this mm -hmm. year. So this might be your opponent to do it against especially in the slot rookie Kobe Bryant playing for the Seahawks. He's had two forced fumbles the last couple weeks, but there's also been some blown coverages and stuff as he gets adjusted to the NFL. So there's a lot of matchups on the outside that 
if you're watching the Seahawks, you're worried just because, well, this defense hasn't really stopped anybody. Tariq Woolen's been great. The rest of the defense, for the most part, has been pretty darn poor most of the season. So the Cardinals probably licking their lips a little bit like, this is a chance for us to try to get things right here in week six and get back to three and three. The Seahawks are saying, hey, we're just happy to be back home. And we had a chance to win our third game as well. So this really is kind of, it feels like it is a must win for both these teams. Yet at the same time, this division has been pretty underwhelming to this point. So maybe being two and four is not the end of the world either, but nonetheless, it's a pretty pivotal game coming up at Lumen Field. So we're going to get to our predictions and what both teams need to do to win. We'll get to that here coming up next year on our Locked On podcast crossover. As we enter week six of the NFL season, I have Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen both throwing four touchdown passes in a head-to-head shootout between the Bills and the Chiefs. That really isn't a bold leap if you watched the playoff game last year, but with prize picks, it's easy to play daily fantasy and put those entries to the test. Pick two to five players that they score more or less than their prize picks projection. You can win 10 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Price Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch, whether it's NBA, MLB, college football, even disc golf. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals and currently operational in over 30 states as well as Canada. Download the Price Pick app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Prize Picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code Locked On at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. You're listening to the crossover special here on the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On Seahawks, Locked On Cardinals. We've got this big game coming up in the NFC West. At Lumen Field, I'm Corbin Smith for Locked On Seahawks. Joining me for the show, Alex Clancy of Locked On Cardinals. We've had a chance to dive into some key storylines. We've looked at a few troubling matchups for both teams, or maybe advantageous matchups to win this football game. Alex, looking at the Cardinals, they've been such a mystery these first five weeks. Why are they struggling so much out of the gate in all these games? What do you think is the biggest key or biggest keys, maybe on one on offense, one on defense, for this Cardinals team to come into Seattle place? They've had a lot of success over the years and get another win at Lumen Field. The pass game needs to be on point. Like, and I joked about the, the snooze button and stuff. That's important. Um, they've won two games without that, one in miraculous fashion and the other against a bad Carolina Panthers team. But we need to see more of Kyler Murray, Hollywood Brown, Kyler Murray, Ronda Moore, Kyler Murray, Zach Ertz. Like, James Connors hobbled these day-to-day. Darrell Williams is out. Eno Benjamin is hobbled. They signed Corey Clement to the practice squad. The, there are very few offenses in the NFL. Very few is probably. There's probably 12 to 15 offenses who can just throw the ball. You don't need to run the ball. Ask Josh Allen how much running the ball is important to them over the last three years. It's null and void, aside from him running the ball and being one of the better red zone threats and goal line threats in the NFL. Kyler Murray can throw the ball 50 times and the Cardinals can win. And I'd like to see them just huck it a little bit more. Not so much the dump downs, not so much the wide receiver screens, the jet sweeps, all that stuff. Use verticality as your friend. You've got some of the fastest people in the NFL wearing Arizona Cardinals uniforms. Use it. Use it. And wake up for class on time. That's it. Like, score points in the first quarter. Have a sustained drive. And I'm not saying... Anything aside from the fact 
that the scripted plays that Cliff Kingsbury has all week to script are the ones that aren't working in the in the NFL in the Cardinal season through five weeks. Hopefully that changes on Sunday. Yeah, and that really goes right into what I'm looking at for the Seahawks. And it's weird saying this because almost any other game, I would be saying you got to find a way to force the quarterback to beat you because your run defense has been so bad, which it really has been. This is one of the worst run defenses that I've ever seen. Even though I feel like the talent is there for this to be a good run defense, they mm-hmm. were in the top five in yards per carry allowed a year ago, and they have a lot of the same personnel this year. So it's been the scheme change. They've had their run fit issues, but against this Cardinals team, You've got to be able to buckle down on the outside. They have to limit those explosive plays, and they have to limit yards after the catch. That might be the most important thing in this game, whether you're talking about the receivers or you're talking about Zach Ertz, who killed them last year in the second game that they played against here. First game they played against each other. Second game, he wasn't as big of a factor, but the one the Cardinals won in Seattle, they could not stop Zach Ertz, and he was getting some big chunks of yardage after the catch. You cannot do that in this game. You've got to be swarming the receivers. If they do catch the ball, especially with all the screens the Cardinals like to run, you have got to get multiple bodies to the ball carrier and get them down. I feel like they can do that, and they can find a way to keep Kyler Murray from getting outside of the pocket too much. If they can do those two things, then at least they might look like an average defense, which would be a huge upgrade over what we've seen the first five games. And then on the offensive side of the football, I'm looking at you, Geno Smith. Keep cooking out there, and I'm going to keep making fun of that because I always laughed at the let Russ cook thing. But Geno, it just sounds like more like a chef to me. Geno in there cooking, and he has been cooking masterpieces so far. You've got all these weapons at your disposal. You're going against a defense that has not been able to stop tight ends. DK Metcalf's had some big games against yeah. the Cardinals. Tyler Lockett, like I think he circles any game against Arizona. He's a four-letter he word. Yeah, he's a four-letter word against the Cardinals for sure. Yeah. So you've got all these weapons. You still got Ken Walker the third as your running back with Rashad Penny now being out for the season. It's a huge blow to their offense. But Ken Walker the third is also an electric home run threat. Your offensive line's playing well. Why? Put the load on your shoulder, Geno Smith. You got the running game to go with you, but distribute the ball. Get it around to your guys. And I feel like if he's able to do that, stay within himself the way he has done the first five weeks. This Cardinals defense has shown that they have flaws, that they can give up big plays, and they have major issues with tight ends. Seattle's got maybe the best trifecta of tight ends in the league. They might not have an elite one, but they have three very good ones that fit this offensive scheme well. Geno Smith knows how to get them the football. So distribute the ball, get it around. I think if the tight ends get involved, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, things are going to open up for them because the Cardinals are going to have to compensate defending those tight ends. So spread the football around on offense. Put your points on the board. Defense, limit the yak. If you can do that at home, you've got a good chance to win this game against a team that's trying to find their footing. Yeah, no, that's that's really well put. Um, you know, going into score prediction, like, I I think you just – at betonline.net, our, our friends over at BetOnline, it is 50 and a half the line as of today. Hammer that over. Just punish that over. And the reason why is I, I do think the Cardinals are going to win. Um, and – and the reason why is I think that this will unlock something on the offensive side of the ball for the Cardinals. I think they're going to eclipse 30 points for the first time this year. If the New Orleans Saints can do it, so can the Cardinals. You know, like if with with Kyler Murray, with Hollywood Brown, like he's a pro bowler at this point, fringe all pro through five, through five weeks at a wide receiver position. And the defense is undervalued. But still, you're right. There's still a work in progress. There's a lot of young pieces on there. 
I do think the Cardinals are going to win. I think they're in Clips 30. I think it's going to be 30-24 Cardinals uh, when it's all said and done. And I'm, you know, maybe I'm going to end up regretting making the decision because I picked the Seahawks to win in New Orleans last week, and and I thought it was going to be a little lower scoring game. It ended up being a so did everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, like it's just been the way that it's been because of the Seahawks' defense, and it feels like in a lot of regards that they're close because they're finding ways to create turnovers, and they're, they're just making these really stupid discipline related mistakes, and. Pete Carroll has found ways to fluster Kyler Murray the last couple of years. There have been games where he's been able to get to him a little bit. They've been able to limit his rushing ability. I wonder if Pete has opened a book up a little bit on that. And so I shouldn't be optimistic this defense can stop anybody, but the Cardinals are maybe going to be on like their eighth string running back. The Seahawks should be able to slow down whatever running game they're going to have. You have athletes on the outside if the tackling is there, you can win this game. And I just, I think Seattle's weapons, especially the tight ends, I think this offense is built to put points on the board. It's crazy saying that still, but we've seen it multiple games in a row. Yeah. This offense is built to put points on the board. If Geno Smith is playing as decisive and accurate as he has been throughout this season, this team is built to put points on the board. So I agree with you from the over-under standpoint. I am smashing over on this. <laughs> I'm going to go 32 to 26. I'm going to go weird score because the Seahawks love scoregamis, and <laughs> they've already had one of them and almost had another one last week. They just There's always weird crap that happens in Seahawks games, and it's especially the case when they play the Cardinals. Like It's the, it's the worst mix. You're going to have something bizarre happen. I think the Cardinals will have success moving the ball but I think there's going to be a few red zone stops that lead to field goals. There might be a missed two-point conversion thrown in there. I mean, just fluky things that happen at Lumen Field. And I think Geno Smith is going to find a way to get that game-winning drive that has evaded him in a couple of their close losses this year. I think he finds a way to get it done against the team. But I could see this one going either way. I could see the Cardinals come in and win by 25 points, too, if the defense continues to play the way they have. I mean, to me... This is the most unpredictable game we've had so far, but I think Seattle's offense against this Cardinals defense with the weapons they have, the way Geno's playing, playing with house money right now, going back home, I would feel confident they could put enough points on the board to win. It's really going to come down to can the defense get stops and can they find a way to prolong the Cardinals' first quarter slumps for one more game? If they can do that, that gives them a better chance. But this is this is truly the toughest one to predict up to this point. It really is. I don't know what to expect. I agree. I agree. Every I, I mirror everything that you just said. It's just one of those bizarre games, like you said. Every time these two teams get together, it doesn't matter what stadium it is. I feel like we could throw these two teams on in Germany or in London, and, and they're going to find a way for something that we just never saw coming to happen. It's just that's the way the matchups between these two teams go. So I guess I'll finish off the show with this for the 12s and Cardinals fans out there. Make sure you have your popcorn ready, hunker down, because I guarantee there's going to be some weird stuff going on at Lewin Field with these two teams getting together in what I think is a pretty pivotal game with both teams at 2-3 and three trying to get back to the 500 mark. Should be a pretty entertaining contest. You can follow me on Twitter at Corbin Smith NFL. You can follow Alex at Clancy's Corner. Make sure to check out Locked on Seahawks and Locked on Cardinals for our Friday episodes as we wrap up coverage going into this NFC West matchup on Sunday. Thanks for listening in. Go Hawks, go Cardinals.